For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome back to Fourth Down Focus, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Dan Lundy, host of the podcast and founder of Fourth Down University, a company focused on the training and development of coaches, kickers, punters, and snappers. Today's show is brought to you by Bets Online. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. And the only place you should be betting on these sports is at betonline.ag. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality television. BetOnline has hundreds of props with real-time odds on almost anything you can imagine. And of course, the 24-hour online casino. Head to the website or use your phone to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Episode 27 of the podcast welcomes Freddie Capshaw, a former punter for the 2002 National Champion Miami Hurricanes. Capshaw is a household name to Hurricane fans, and he was a two-time All-Big East punter. He ran for a touchdown against Florida State and threw for a touchdown against Syracuse. He's the only FBS punter to accomplish this in modern history. Currently, Capshaw owns Avon Tire Supply, Inc., and he lives in Portland, Oregon. Having known Freddie for 20 years as a teammate, a roommate, a groomsman, and most importantly, a friend, it's been a privilege to see his growth as a person. I'm excited to catch up with him and talk about his story and plans moving forward. How you doing today, Freddie? I'm fantastic, man. Excited to be here, man. Good to see you again. You are all the way in freaking Portland, which might as well be North Korea. Uh, I want to <laughs> say... Uh, Avon, is it Avon? Avon, can you please clarify what? Avon, yeah, Avon Tire Supply. Yes, it's actually a combination of uh, Sherco's kids, Ava and Sean. Oh, that's awesome. Avon. Yeah, Sherco is a, another teammate of ours from the Miami Hurricane days, and he was a left tackle, but arguably a better soccer player. <laughs> we talked about we we talked about versatility in the pre-recording, and uh. Gosh, that's a good example. That's a guy. That's a guy that's good at a lot of things. And he, oh, by chance, is six foot seven, played around three hundred um, or or more. Yeah. Um, but yeah, wow. I need to have Sherco on one day too. But um, yeah. No, I I just uh, I want to start with uh, Rock Springs. Uh-huh. Um, Rock Rock Springs is in Wyoming. For the listeners, I I I'd imagine there there might be a few who have heard of it, but I, I would imagine none have been. I want you to tell me a little bit about your experience growing up in such an interesting and let's say rural place. Uh, it's a small town. Um, perhaps maybe the sports you played in the small town and why you made punting a priority when you made the transition to playing something in college. Yeah. So, um, you know, growing up in a small town, it, it was, it afforded me the opportunity to play a lot of different sports. 
Um, you know, I, I actually, until I was in middle school, lived in Casper, which is in central Wyoming, um, much bigger town than Rock Springs. But um, so it had a little bit more variety as far as sports goes. So growing up as a kid, um, basketball, baseball, um, you know, soccer was the first sport I played ever, um, you know, track, everything. It was just, we just did everything because no one, there wasn't that many kids anyway. So like if you're an athlete and you were good, then that, you just did everything, you know? And I feel like, you know, if you're in a huge city, there's so much competition there that maybe you specialize faster and you don't get to play all those sports growing up, you know, until I, I don't think I even started to specialize in sports until probably, you know, middle school, high school is when I broke it down to like three sports instead of six, you know, or something like that. So, you know, growing up um, in, in a small town out, you know, in the middle of nowhere, basically, um, it, it was great from that standpoint because I got to do everything, you know, and I was always doing something year round, which is great. Um, so I think that helped me develop a lot um, just in general as, as an athlete, because, you know, we were talking in, in the, in the, in the pre-show that, you know, the, the punters and kickers and everybody out there today is just, they're, they're athletes, you know what I mean? It's, it's, they're, they're strong athletes first, and then they specialize, you know? So getting that foundation of having played a bunch of sports growing up, I think was huge, which I may not have gotten that opportunity had I gone, been like grew up in a big, big city, you know? Yeah, no. And my next question is going to be a, a real uh, good, a good question as to like how you have to be more resourceful probably in the rural setting. Um, you know, not playing in a, a state that's known for football. So the recruiting is probably not, not there as much. You're not going to get 25 division one schools coming through in a spring season at most Wyoming high schools, but you would, you get every single high school in South Florida, they'll go to all of them, you know, and, and it's not to say that the athletes aren't in Wyoming. It's just to say that per capita, there are less. Uh, so they can only be so many places. Um, so I, I just find it fascinating um, how people don't realize that the importance of being balanced. I think that, you know, I think it's wonderful. The evolution you mentioned before the show started the evolution of punting and, and how you're impressed with, with where it's gone. But what I, what I think is it becomes a problem is when you specialize too soon. I and mean, like you said, I think, gosh, I, I hope you didn't specialize in one thing at 12. Um, because I think that when you pigeonhole yourself, that you lose the valuable things you could learn um, with the way the body moves. So I, I love relating to pitchers. I think pitchers are really good specialists. I think golfers translate well. I think soccer players are the obvious one because the use of the feet. But my point is this, why not do all of them? Why not familiarize yourself with everything and learn the fundamentals of each so you can be coachable in whatever you go into later? You know, uh, I think you're putting, I think you're putting your eggs in one basket when you specialize too soon. So that is my long winded way of saying that you were a good example of that in my career is there are very few guys in, in the high school level that, that I felt or aspired to play like at an all state level at another position. Like, I, you know, I wanted to do it in weightlifting. I want to do it in soccer and I want to do it in football. But I, I noticed when I go to these kicking camps, a lot of these kids just kicked all day. And I looked at them a little differently, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. they didn't have, they, there was just something missing about, especially when it came down to competing. Yeah. You know, if, if, if you haven't competed against people, you know, at, at something other than kicking, um, 
you know, a lot of them are soccer players, like you mentioned, you know, and yeah, they compete against people, but um, you know, if, if, if you haven't got that competition in you already, it's tough to, you know, it's tough to be great at anything. I mean, break it down. It's, it's tough to be great at anything unless you have a passion and a drive for it and, and that, that want to be great and that, you know, compete with everybody, you know, people aren't great that don't have that, you know, and I think that you're right. Like that lack of, um, you know, pigeonholing yourself too early into one thing and not exploring other sports, even, um, you know, it doesn't have to be outside of football. I mean, growing up as a kid, I, I, I was, you know, safety. I, I played corner tailback was a kick returner. Like I was all state in five positions or something crazy. Like it was nuts. Like, I mean, granted it's Wyoming, but come on. Like, that's the point. Like be, be diversified. You know what I mean? Get, get, get your, like you were saying, get your foundation athletically from doing a bunch of different things, whether that may be inside of football or outside, you know, do something. Yeah. I love what you said, like <clears throat> running back, for example, you, you were an all state running back. Uh, and what I did the other day with a kid who, who's a very, very talented punter here in Florida is I gave him a hypothetical and I'd never done this with him. I see him once a week, about two hours. And we always try to like compartmentalize. We always try to focus on one thing for those two hours, especially the weakness. Usually it's one or two things he's got going on. And I just said, let's, let's have fun at the end. I was like, let me give you, let me give you a situation. Your team's not very good and they're not, I won't name them, but they're not. So he's going to get pressure next year. He's, he's, he's arguably the best punter in the nation. So if it were me, I'm attacking that kid. I want to block him. I definitely want to block him. And I know that there's going to be coaches that see it the same way. So I gave him a situation, Freddie, where I was like, what if the A gap for whatever reason, just something gets miscommunicated and they're coming right up your punt path. What are you going to do? And, and, and he didn't, he didn't know. So that's fine. I was like, how about like, get me off my feet. So like, maybe like, fake pump me like play basketball with it he could not relate he's like I, i've never played mm -hmm. basketball coach and i was like well just raise your raise the ball high and it'll 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 get them to stop i promise or or slow down and so he was like cool and then i was like now redirect you know like laterally move like step out you know like if you're like you played soccer right no you know what i'm saying like it's that that kind of stuff that it would have yeah. made my experience you know it would have right. made the experience better i think I think he would have been a lot better at redirecting if there's a gap pressure. And then that makes a better college punter. Right. Um, so For I just sure. want to, I like to make connections. Yeah. I don't care who you are. Somebody's going to, somebody's going to break it, break it. Aside. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't care what's he. And yeah. you had, I don't know. I know you're, we, we played in more of a pro style system. This was before the shield became prevalent with three and you had multiple first round picks that, that, that played <laughs> your safety. Uh, Right. Oh, I mean, I, I, I tell you, I, I had an unbelievable <laughs> net average because I had the grossest athletes on the field, on the planet at the time. Yeah. In, in my house, you know, it was great. It was fantastic. I mean, I mean, DJ, I, I could, I, let's just talk about DJ Williams before we talk about Super Bowl. Dan Morgan is DJ Williams was number one player in the nation, regardless of side of the football. He was a defensive player yeah. and the outright player. And he started servicing you as a protection. Like that was a primary position that coach saw was like, this kid's perfect for it. This kid's 245 pounds and runs like Bambi. I mean, yeah, like, exactly. you know, like. And, and, and it can hit people. It can hit people because he played on both sides of the ball. He, like, yeah. You, you, man, you man can play defense, you know, and he ended up playing obviously in the NFL. Like we only stuck him at running back for a little bit at Miami. And they were like, nah, this guy likes it. You know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah. And, 
and then the captain of the defense before him and the guy that kind of mentored him was Dan Morgan. You know, he was so special. And and they say special teams isn't important. It, that was the best team. I don't care what anyone says. 2002 Miami hurricanes is the best team, at least on paper and what they did after college as a professional athlete in the NFL, that is the best team in the history of college football. And most of those first round picks were impactful special teams players for us, right? Hundred percent. You know, and sometimes 100%. it was sometimes it was positions that really no one cared about, right? Like Mike Rump was a specialist. I think probably in your opinion, but I want to know who was that guy that was able to get down on a, on a, a pooch punt and ma- and make sure that we didn't lose twenty yards of net average. Who was that best guy? Was it Mike Rump? So so I had Mike Rump, Antrill Roll, and Philip Buchanan. <sighs> We're my gunners, man. Those were the guys going chasing my punts down. And the fact that I could that I could put it, they knew where it was going. They were down there five minutes before the ball landed. It was great. Yeah. Like take your pick. Any one of those three are fantastic, man. They're all gangster at it. Those are those are big time Sunday football players. Big time. Yeah. And playing on yeah. the same unit of punt. That's that's cool. I mean, I, I just I really hope that that. And I know it's going, generally speaking, I think it's valued more than it ever was, of course. But I still think that, especially at the high school levels, if teams realize that they put, if they put more effort in that third of the game, how much better that their untalented team is. Mm-hmm. I mean, it only, it makes you better because other people aren't doing it. It keeps you honest. You can win one in six plays if you win special teams. You're going to win two out of three. You got to win two out of three disciplines to win a game, right? Sure. Two out of three. And if you can always win special teams, because, I mean, special teams was a no-brainer with Miami. Me, Todd Seavers, like, special teams was a no-brainer every week because the guys you mentioned, too, that were protecting us. I mean, that was one – we didn't even have to win offense or defense. Like, we know we were going to win special teams and then let the chips fall where they may. We won all three phases most games. But if, we, if you can rely, especially at the high school level, say, look, we're going to rely on the fact that we know we're going to beat you in one phase. And if that's got to be special teams, then guys, we need the effort to get it done. You know what I mean? Yeah. Why not? The only team and the only teams that hurt us in my opinion, and then we got to move on because I want to ask you some more important things here. So the only teams that gave us problems were teams that were excellent in special teams, Mm -hmm. you know, for sure. Or or at least, at least on that day, Mm -hmm. but you know, I'll mention one is Frank Beamer legend and he still is like, everyone, everyone looks at that guy as like, he was a catalyst Mm -hmm. in all this, but um, so on to something that people want to talk about and, and, and listen for, uh, and they love to hear people's stories about recruiting. And I want to ask you about recruiting because it, it has come a long way, obviously, since you and I played in college or in high school. Yeah. Um, you know, but now a coach, it, just like business, it, they're a DM away, uh, a follow away on Twitter. Um, you can pin your, your season highlight. You can pin yesterday's workout. Uh, so that's the first thing someone sees if they do, in fact, add you back. Can you share how you handled your recruitment, uh, perhaps the good and the bad? Yeah. So my recruitment was uh, a little odd because um, I started going to kicking camps probably my junior year in high school. And I ran into the Pelfries. And, and I tell you, it was really strange because I'd only gone to a few of their camps. But, you know, recruiting when I was, when we were coming out of college, it was like word of mouth almost, you know what I mean? Like 
people didn't have websites up and like you were saying, DMs and instant messaging and, and the, you know, the outreach that they have now and, and the latitude that they have is incredible um, for recruitment. But I mean, it's because those guys, Butch Davis called them up because Jeff Deagles had been one of their pupils. And I guess Butch Davis knew that somehow. And so when he came in, he made the phone call to them and said, hey, man, I need a punter at Miami. Who do you got? They said, this guy. And it was me. So, I mean, that, that's, how, that's how the ball got rolled, like started at Miami. But um, I, I sent out film. But my high school coaches were not great at recruiting because everybody that came out of my high school went to like four schools. You know, Shadron State, maybe University of Wyoming. Very few guys actually went to University of Wyoming. Montana State, maybe. Um, Black Hills was another one that the guys went to in South Dakota. Um, but outside of those schools, like, there was no contact outside of that. And that's such a small bubble around Wyoming. So it was almost just a blessing that I actually, you know, went to camps and got, like, in front of people that had some influence. So – as it relates to today's environment, find the people with the most influence. You, you know what I mean? Find those people that know what they're doing, know what they're talking about and have influence. And, and, you know, I mean, for instance, you were just speaking at the Nike convention. I mean, how many coaches were there at that thing? You know what I mean? So find the people because there's so much garbage out on social media, right? Now. And, and it's so easy, but pe people got to think a little harder. They, they got to dig a little deeper and find the people that can give them the most voice, you know? Man, that's just something we obviously we didn't have or I didn't have, um, you know, coming out of high school. So, you know, the, the good part about it was that I actually did the right thing and, you know, found people who were going to be a voice for me, which was through kicking camps at the time. Um, and, and the bad part about it was is out, outside of that and, and maybe my own efforts, uh, sending out some tapes, things like that. Um, there wasn't much support uh, from a recruitment standpoint for me, you know, so you could say I got lucky and, and yeah, I, I would probably tend to agree with you. That's interesting. You know, uh, people don't probably know the name these days nearly as much as they, as, as they would have 20 years ago. The Pelfrey name was, was almost a monopoly in the kicking and punting and snapping world for high school athletes that had an, a, you know, a dream of playing in college. And mm -hmm. um, you know, now the market has since, been flooded and when a market is flooded um there's usually a ton of things that probably don't belong there or or or, mm -hmm. people, or or whatever you want to call it whatever the entity is um and you're and you're right it's hard to sift through uh, all the minutiae if you if you're lazy right if you just click on google um people assume that that's always the most accurate indication it's that the first one's the best one you know uh, people mm -hmm. pe people pay for that spot Right. Um, and it's so you have to do a little bit of homework. And I think the credibility is important because the the ranking and the stars and, and these things, um, I think that it's good to go to the exposure camps for the purpose of seeing how good you really are. And you did that. You had to. Mm -hmm. I, I did, too. I used to have to go to the college mm -hmm. camps and that was yeah. awesome. But, you know, I, I just think it's important um, to train. You know, um, that's what I, that's what, that's what I believe is of the utmost importance because now uh, you can, you can kind of document your daily experience on a field and show what your work process is and show what your focus is, you know, uh, and, and college coaches, I think would think that would be unique to see. So that's, 
my mantra, that's my mindset. That's how we attack it with my, with my athletes is I'm like, I think at this point, there's a ton of kickers that know how to show a good rep. Now you got to be unique. Mm-hmm. You got to stand out. So, so, so show it through how you work, you know, right. how specific you can be. Um, so I want to talk about division one football a little more. It's, mm-hmm. it, it's a business. We all know this. It's, it's, it's crazy how much money is generated at some universities and it's almost justifiable how much they pay the coaches because of how much revenue the school makes, you know, mm-hmm. and the, the, the gross is ridiculous. So it's often overwhelming for a high school athlete. I would say, especially from Wyoming to adjust. <laughs> yeah. You get to adjust to the, to not only Miami, but the Miami hurricanes, you're in a big time city on a big time program. Uh, so what was your freshman experience at the university of Miami? Like, and can you explain why it's essential uh, to put first things first to get through all of that, uh, those distractions? Yeah, well, when I came to Miami, so I, I had some pretty heavy motivation because I walked on Miami. I, I didn't get a scholarship, man. Miami is not cheap, you know what I'm saying? And any any parents out there who put their kids through college recently or, or researched it know that it's 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 expensive and. Um, so my motivation was earn a scholarship. So going down there, it, it was culture shock for sure. Um, but you know, the, my foundation of just being a hard worker and getting, getting the necessities done and then playing afterwards, you know what I mean? You're a college kid. Of course, you're going to go, go out and experience things. And especially a kid from Wyoming in Miami. Like I wanted to see everything. I wanted to go to the beach. Like I, I wanted to see everything. I'd never been to the beach before. You know what I mean? So um, I wanted to experience it all. I want to soak it in. And, and, and my personality is, is, you know, as fast and as much as possible, um, get, you know, experience what I can, you know what I mean? And then there was football, uh, which was the priority. You know, that's the reason I was there. Um, so, you know, just never losing sight of that, uh, keeping, with, you know, my work ethic and everything that I'd learned growing up. Um, that's what really allowed me to focus in and understand the task at hand, because until I earned a scholarship, that was step one. And then step two is obviously to, you know, start to dominate the, the, the punting field at that time. Like, you know, once I got my chance, then I wanted to be the best at it. And then the next step was obviously the NFL. So, you know, my, my, my goals and my plan and, and everything that in between that I had, you know, thought through and went through my process on, um, you know, that was always my foundation, you know what I mean? And then the fun stuff happened anyway, you know, so take care of your business, get things done and then go have fun and, and then, and then experience things, you know what I mean? And then not say you can't do both because the work in the weight room and being around your teammates and all that stuff and, and game day and all that. I mean, that's an, an amazing experience in and of itself, you know, and the better prepared you are for that day, the more fun it's going to be, you know, cause I, I don't know about anybody else, but walking into a room unprepared to give a speech is probably the most frightening thing in the world. <laughs> you know what I mean? Gosh. And that's what it feels like on game day. You came unprepared. Oh man, I was out, I was out partying or something. And, you know, uh, oops, I forgot, you know, that, that you can't allow that, you know, if you want to be great at something, you can't allow that. And you have to understand that, you know, th- this is, this is the foundation and the premise, which you're here and, and, and just execute on it. And, you know, the other fun stuff will happen too, you know. 
Shout out to our newest sponsor, eBay. Whether rare, dead stock, or the latest release, find the exact shoe you're looking for. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go to cop the pair you've been eyeing. With eBay's authenticity guarantee, your sneakers are meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators. A team of experienced sneaker authenticators verify the box, logo, stitching, and dozens of other inspection points. Each sneaker also receives an authenticity guarantee tag that includes a digital stamp of authenticity, and it also protects sellers with a verified return process. For sneaker (laughs) sellers out there, eBay has eliminated selling fees on sneakers of $100 plus, making it free to sell or flip your collection. Go to ebay.com slash sneakers today. eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selection. Now back to the show. 20 and 21 have proven to be challenging time for everyone. You are no stranger to adversity and your response to it has always been commendable. I can recall several times, you know, when you were 21 and I was 18, like I was young, um, you know, like we got into trouble, you know, flat out. I mean, everyone makes bad decisions. We weren't criminals by any means, but just whatever, lack of sleep, just being responsible. You know, like you said earlier, we were kids. But um, I think it's it's bigger than that now. Like these problems that we experienced, um, look, looking back, were very small compared to what some of these college kids are going through now. I mean, these kids' lives are affected. They're having to learn molecular biology on Zoom. You know, like I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine having that experience, being isolated uh, at home for almost a year or more. So, can I just want to talk about? how you handle adversity, how you've handled it in your life, because you, you experienced adversity at a young age. And, you know, how, how did you find your way out of those times where your mind or your mindset was in a negative state? Yeah. You know, um, I feel like, you know, the, the older we get, the more we, we, we obviously learn stuff and, you know, the experiences and, and kind of are able to reflect back on more of our lives essentially. Um, but, for me, um, growing up as a kid, um, growing up on ranches and farms and stuff around horses and cattle and, and being a part of, you know, that kind of a, a family and community, it, it's, you all relied on each other and you learn really quickly to make sure that you got your end done because if you didn't, that means somebody else, you know, was, was, had to do more. You know what I mean? So it was that community and that, that ability to, you know, always depend on the other person to get their job done and always rely on yourself to get it done as well. You know, um, I feel like growing up in that environment allowed me to really have to number one problem solve a lot because since I can remember, I, you know, we had chores, but like, it was more like jobs, you know what I mean? Like if it didn't get done, then it affected something the next day or something that happened later on, you know what I mean? And in, in, in the course of the day, um, irrigating fields, for instance, you know what I mean? Irrigating our hay fields. If we didn't get that done, then guess what? All the, all my grandparents' horses were going to get fed or, or we're going to have less feed for the winter. You know what I mean? I mean, it's, it's kind of a stupid analogy, but um, it's, it's a very old school mentality, but it also teaches something that, you know, a lot of young kids don't grasp until later. And I feel like I grasped it very early that like, you know, people depend on you and, and you need to like hold up your end of the bargain uh, with, with stuff. And that just manifested itself into sports. And you think about it in relation to sports, you know, coaches are always telling you, you know, 
do your job, do your job and rely on the guy next to you to do his job. And if everybody's accountable for doing their job, then the team is going to function, you know, and in any team environment, like that's some of the most critical, you know, pieces that coaches try to impart on their kids is, um, you, you know, that do your job because he's going to do his job. And if you don't, then that means your running back's going to get smacked in the face or punts going to get blocked or something's going to happen. You know what I mean? Be accountable, be accountable is, is, is the point. But, um, you know, growing up I, and, and being accountable and, and being able to problem solve stuff because I, we were out in the middle of nowhere. So you had to figure stuff out, you know? Um, and I think a lot of that helped me to deal with adversity because all the time you're dealing with something, something's always broken. Something's always going wrong. You know what I mean? Like, and it, and it, somebody said something to me once that, that really is, is, is a cool saying, you know, it's, he says, I said, Oh man, I got this problem. He looks at me and he says, there's never a problem. It's only a situation. And I like that. It's, 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 it's awesome because to me, a problem is something that like you can't fix or you, you don't have control over a situation you have control over. So the more you understand the difference between a problem and a situation, you can solve a problem. You can solve a situation. Like you, you can get through that situation. A problem like maybe out of your control and you can't control it. And so you can't make the decision. But a situation, if you have control over it and you can influence it, then you should. And a lot of people don't differentiate between those two things. And they, they dwell on things and, and you know they worry about stuff they can't control and, you know, that, that just, that leads you down a, a spiral rabbit hole. That's never good. You know, um, I feel like depression, every, everybody suffers from a certain level of depression. I don't care who you are and it's your ability to know when you start going down those rabbit holes and, and coming up with ways to fight it. You know what I mean? If you, if you can realize it's happening and that takes a lot of like, you know, inward looking and understanding yourself too. Um, that I feel like a lot of young kids don't really do, but, um, you know, understanding yourself and understanding those triggers, understanding those times when, oh man, you know, man, I've had missed three kicks and, and, and your head's all in the toilet. Well, you need to find a, a, something that's going to trigger you and say, no, 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 wait, wait, I need to get my head out of you know, head out of the head back in the game. Like this is like, I can't go down that rabbit hole because the more you do that, the more bad things manifest themselves, you know, your attitude gets poor your performance gets poor, your workouts lack, you know, all that stuff is just rolls downhill. So, you know, at a young age, I learned to identify those things and, and stop myself from going down those rabbit holes, you know, and, you know, dealing with situations. That's it. You know, situations you can deal with. Um, they may not be, you may not like it. It may, it may be hard, but you got to deal with it. Welcome to being an adult when you're in college, you know what I mean? High school kids, you know, whatever, they're still with their parents, but if you're in college, you're playing college ball, welcome, welcome to be an adult because you got responsibilities, you know? So I'd say that's, that's kind of in a nutshell, like not really a nutshell, but um, you know, that's, that, that's what helped me, um, you know, stay positive and, and not go down those dark paths and, 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 you know, try and stay positive about what I did. You know, it was, it was a good influence on, like I said, my workouts and my life, my relationships and stuff like that. Cause it's, it's hard when, when people, you know, people get in those, in those doldrums, man, and, and getting them out of it's even harder. So, you know, I just, I hope people that need it, get help with that stuff, but you know, it's, it's a mindset at the end of the day.
You know, it's how do you, you know, how do you want to look at things? Um, is everything a problem or, hey, man, that's an, that's an opportunity to learn something. That's an opportunity to go do something I haven't done rather than, oh, man, I got to go do that. You know, it's just the mindset and attitude. Um, a lot of that helps because a lot of that manifests positivity or negativity either way very heavily. In my yearbook, my senior year, I'll never forget it. It's a quote, you know, that I, I had lived with for about a year before I had to submit it before I graduated. But whether you think you can or can't, you're right. You know, it's it's really how you respond to. Yeah, the, yeah I mean, you have complete control whether it will or won't work out. And if your mindset says this is a problem, this can't work, th th that kind of thinking, it, it probably won't or never will. Uh, so mm -hmm. I love that. And, mm -hmm. and I love what you said. Um, I think it structure, cause I think everyone needs structure, especially, uh, adolescents, you know, I work with a lot of teenagers and I think it's important that they're involved in multiple forms of it. Like whether it's through studying, uh, which I think should be a priority because that that's what we, that's what we do for the rest of our lives. That, that's true. You can't, no one can take that from us. Uh, I know it's cliche, but it's true. Mm -hmm. Um, but I liked how you, you found your structure through, a, a job and, and you know even though it was not generating revenue it was generating your, your, your livelihood you guys didn't have to go generate revenue to pay for things because you guys made things you guys provided for yourself uh, in a lot of ways in a lot of ways you know right. um and i think it's cool sure. because it's very similar to a team you know if i don't do my job correctly even though the 10 other guys did it could mess up the entire flow of the play. The timing of the play is messed up because now the quarterback's pressured, receivers routes not timed. Yeah, so we it I think sports is is an invaluable experience to get the experience you got on the other end, which is a job, you know, providing for your family. You know, if I don't mm -hmm. do my job, bad things occur. Um, so anyway, I really like that. I, yeah. I have one more question and I'm gonna let you go. Um, as I mentioned a couple of times, the listeners right now that are still listening to us ramble about football and life. Uh, I, I think they want to talk to you about, or would like you to talk about things that you believe to be essential to be a successful specialist. And what I mean by that is what does it take? What are the essentials to, to, to kick punt snap in college at a major FBS level? Man. Um, well, just, to you, you got you got to start with the foundation which is be a good athlete be a good well-rounded athlete you know i think that um the more well-rounded of an athlete you are um you know i played multiple positions all through high school multiple sports all through high school um and growing up as a kid and that allowed me to be you know an athlete as a punter you know because i could have I could have gone to, uh, you know, Lehigh, Pennsylvania, small one double A schools and, and things like that and played corner. Like I could have probably done that, but my trajectory and my mindset was always about what's my quickest path to the NFL because that that's, that's my goal. What is my goal? The NFL. All right. Well, what's the quickest path there? You know, you, you got to kind of realize that sometimes you, you, you need to be so well-rounded because who knows, it could have been being a corner. It could maybe punting. I, I just got lucky and I was an athlete and, and then I punted, you know, or I punted and, as an athlete. Um, but what if it would have went the other way, you know, then I would have also been prepared for that as well. So it doesn't really matter what your path leads to, you know, the foundation of being a well-rounded athlete 
is 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 going to pay dividends no matter what you end up doing. And and as a punter or kicker or snapper specialist, um, man, you know, it, your 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 latitude to be great as an athlete is is, is so much higher. You, you know what I mean? Your, your ability to 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 excel and, and achieve your goals as a well-rounded athlete are so much higher. I feel like you know. Um, because, you know, like you were saying before, you were trying to explain some, some different techniques, fundamentals to someone that just, it'll take them so much longer to get it than someone who has that background. It's like, all right, yeah, I got you. Lateral movement, you know, give them a ball fake and I'm out, you know, uh, you know give them the Barry yeah. Sanders spin and I'm, I'm gone. You know what I mean? It's something, <laughs> but, um, you, you know, be, being, being a well-rounded athlete is, is probably the, one of the, biggest biggest things you can do um work ethic man uh work ethic you, you know don't ever let anybody outwork uh because you th that's the one thing you can control we talked about controlling situations and and not having problems well control what you can control and and work ethic is is something that you know you can't teach people and, and again like you said later in life football may not be what you do if you have an amazing work ethic, I guarantee you, you will be successful at whatever you want because you, you can't be great at things that you don't work for, you know, and, and it's just gone to the days of like, oh man, that guy's just naturally talented. Well, guess what? There's a lot of really naturally talented people out there. And the differentiation <laughs> factor is who worked their butt off in the offseason. You know what I mean? Who, who, who went yeah. and actually got it done, you know? Um, you know, those two things. And, and, and again, going back to, you know, find, finding good people to be around you. Um, but, you know, your friends that, you know, man, high school parents are going to love this and kids are going to hate it, but, you know, choose your friends wisely. Your parents are always telling you, man, you know, choose who you hang out with because it's a reflection of, it's not only a reflection of you, but it also manifests certain things within you, whether or not you're, 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 you're cognizant of it. Um, and if you surround yourself with people who are like-minded, are driven, who want similar things and, and, are, and are, are, are goal-oriented, it's amazing what, you know, three or four buddies who have the same mindset achieve individually, but because collectively they all have the similar mindset. If you've got one guy in your group that's always like Debbie down or doesn't want to do this or that, or always, you know, he's like, he's, he's like the, the ball and chain back there dragging you and you, the other two guys are dragging him through life, man. It, it just, it, it never seems to work out in the end anyway. So, you know what, yeah. find the people to surround you, um, parents, coaches, um, your friends, obviously, um, you know, I just kind of have to have your parents around. That's, that's not really a choice in high school, <laughs> but, um, yeah. So, you know, surround yourself with good people, man. Um, and, and, you know, if, if you can achieve all of that, like the rest is easy, you, you know, and, and it becomes fun and, you know, that's what you want. You know what I mean? That's what we're all looking for. You know what I mean? That running out on game day and just knowing that like, you know, you, you've done your work, man, and, and you're ready to do this thing and, you know, game, that's what it's about, you know? So I don't know. I feel like all those things um, collectively probably give anyone, you know, a, a good foundation for achieving their goals and, and whatever they do. Amen. No, gosh, we need to get you on a publisher 
for real. Because <laughs> I'd like to hear you keep going and because we can go deep into all those things as to why, because I, you know, I, I've learned that this generation, especially because Google's so, you know, it's used so often and we're, you know, we're a few seconds away from finding out almost anything we want about a subject or enough about it to know enough. Uh, we used to have to go to the library. You know, we went to the library, brother. <laughs> Another two decimal system, man. Yeah, but um, I just, I just want to thank you for this. Was a lot. I'm, I can't wait to. I'm going to listen to it tonight when I have to put it online. Uh, but I just want to thank you again for joining the show. And I want you. I always ask at the end if you could share with the audience a way they can follow you. Uh, I don't know what platform you're on, but if you do have a, a Twitter handle or something, if you mind sharing that. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm on Facebook, but um, that, that's about it, man. I, I don't really, the social media game isn't something that I, I really do. You know, I, I find it more valuable to, to, to be around and talk to the people that, you know, individually rather than on social media. So, you know, for me, I'm, I'm, on, I'm on Facebook and that's about it. Good. Gosh, that's healthy. You know, I have to be, Twitter is, you know, anyone listening, if you're not on Twitter, it's, it's football heaven. I'm sure it, for all sports now, but. That is a great, it's a great platform to communicate with the college coaches. You know, that's, there's no, there's no legal issues there. So anyway, I thank you again. Um, This, this means a lot to everyone at fourth down focus that you were able to share, you know, a little bit about your story and, and, and and your thoughts on how this next generation can have some similar experiences. Uh, Please give us a like, subscribe to the show, share it with a friend. If you have questions related to the podcast suggestions for future topics and guests, or if you have feedback for the show, you can reach me, Dan Lundy, in several ways. My website is fourthdownu.com. It has endless resources for specialists and coaches. On social media, my Instagram and Twitter is at fourthdownu. That's at 4-T-H-D-O-W-N-U. And on Facebook and LinkedIn, I'm at myself, at Dan Space Lundy, L-U-N-D-Y. Thanks again for joining us at Fourth Down Focus, brought to you by Bet Online. We'll see you next week with an exciting new guest. I hope 21 is still treating each of you well. And remember, in all things, give thanks. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.